welcome back to the Dreamer's Manual podcast. Today we have my friend Stephanie O'Keefe on the podcast, and we are talking all about creativity. And related to creativity, a discussion just around that work-life balance and how to keep your cup full as an entrepreneur, whether you're working in a field that would be labeled creative or not. I think it's important to think about how we're expending our energy, how we're refilling our energy. And especially when you have a lot of things going on, maybe other businesses, Stephanie has little kids at home. And so I think this conversation is going to be one that's going to be really supportive, inspiring, and has some great ideas for you to take away and apply in your own life. So if you haven't met Stephanie, I met her a couple of years ago, just cutting in to say she got on a call with me and it felt like such a breath of fresh air. I simultaneously felt like I'd known her forever and she was such a calming and lovely presence. I just wanted to spend more time with her. And I know you guys are going to feel that way about hearing her speak today. Sometimes people write in and say they like my voice and they find it soothing and calming. Stephanie is like the epitome of that. And so the both of us together get ready just to meditate and zen out. So Stephanie is a web designer and an amazing brand strategist on a mission to help online service providers launch the website and brand of their dreams. When Stephanie was starting out, she saw a mix of tech overwhelm, quick fixes, copycat designs, and a whole lot of spaghetti thrown because you don't know what'll stick until it does, right? Stephanie is what I would call a unicorn because not only is she so talented at the branding and design side, but she also has that tech brain and can build out the website, which is really such a cool thing. So I am so excited for you to hear this episode and on to hearing Stephanie. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the Dreamers Manual podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to chat with you today. I sometimes hear people say, like, I get feedback about the podcast and they'll say that I have like a relaxing or a meditative voice. I have to feel like today, because I feel like that about you and your voice and just your whole aura. So people are going to be able to not only learn something today, but get really zinned out, hopefully. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. I feel that same way when I talk with you, just grabbing like a cup of tea and curling up on the couch and just chatting. So... Yeah, if we could just do it in person, that would be perfection. Absolutely. So for those of us who don't know you and haven't got to meet you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in the online space? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Steph. I am the owner of Southern Creative. Um, So I work with business owners, a lot of service providers with their digital marketing. So really focusing in on brand strategy and WordPress web design and development. And you do absolutely beautiful, like ethereal branding. Every time I see one of your branding projects, I'm just, I'm so jealous because it's one of those skills that just like copywriting, if you don't have it and you see somebody do it, it feels like magic. Well, thank you so much. That means, I mean, that means the world to me. So thank you. So what did you do before you came to this space? Yeah. So awesome question. So I kind of, I feel like they're, they've all been like little mini lives that I've lived kind of in the work side of things. I used to be a teacher. So I taught kindergarten and first grade um, for several years before having um, our boys. And then once we had our boys, I kind of made that transition to staying at home with them. And it always felt like I had to choose, I can either work 
Um, and at the point of where we were financially, I couldn't work and also have kids with a teacher salary, unfortunately. So I kind of always knew I would need to choose one or the other um, until I found the online space where I could be at home with my boys and find a schedule that works for us versus fitting our lives into a schedule. And so um, those are kind of like the transitions that I've made um, over the years. I'm curious because you have such a creative soul and you express yourself so well that way. From what I've seen since I've known you in this space, did you have creative outlets and things that you did before you came to do this for your everyday job? Yeah. So really good question. So um, I've kind of had a journey throughout my life. And looking back, it is definitely kind of pulling on that creative outlet. I'm always finding different ways to express myself creatively. And then also like I get energy from creating items. Um, When I first initially went to college, I actually went through the path of um, wanting to go into marketing. And at the time, I felt like I was being called to be a teacher and just having that really hands-on creative side of things. Um, but growing up, both my parents were in tech, and so I was always around technology. And I remember sitting in, um, like, on the computer on Microsoft Paint and just like doodling and all of the things. So, kind of throughout my life, I've had exposure and a passion for different components of what I'm doing now. And looking back, it's kind of like all of those pieces have come together to culminate, of course, everyone, like who you are now. And so being able to use all of those pieces and in my business now has been just like a dream. So it's so funny because I remember earlier, probably before I came to the online space, but maybe even early in that journey where I felt like I had all this experience and information and it was just sort of going to the wayside. I feel like because I was certified as a life coach, I you know, went to school. I guess I don't really use my criminal justice <laughs> education, but the psychology minor, I think comes into play a lot. So I don't know. I feel like I I did this. And even when I first started in the space, learning about Pinterest and learning about podcast pitching, all that has influenced my work now. But I think at the time, not knowing how all the things were going to come together and hadn't connected the dots yet, it felt like, oh my gosh, (laughs) am I ever going to find the thing that's going to bring all this together or not? Yeah. And I can feel like that. So, and I've had a very similar experience to that where like you kind of start and you're not really sure like you said, how all of these pieces are going to come together and what areas really light you up. And like, even if you can do something like, is that what you really, where your heart is? And, uh, but learning all of those skills is super helpful. Just as you know, like running a business, you have, or have people on your team doing those components. So having a understanding of it is super helpful. Now I'm curious with doing the branding and the design And then also doing the tech side of it It makes sense because I think I didn't know that you had both of your parents in tech, but do you think that's two different sides of your brain or do you think that the creative side helps and brings that design piece together? Because sometimes, you know, people who are very drawn to creative pursuit would say, oh, I'm not techie and just kind of dismiss that piece. 
Yeah, super good question. So um, I actually, I forget what podcast I was listening to. They actually touched on that and they touched on how people who play music as a child can flip between their left and their right brain um, pretty seamlessly. And so as a child and growing up, I actually played the violin. And so kind of, I think that kind of plays into being able to flip between the two sides because it does, it does take different sides of my brain to go into the design world and then over to the tech, kind of the coding, bringing in that side of things. Um, and I actually break them up into stages. So I have like a strategy phase, uh, which is very, um, you know, analytical, looking at research, things like that. And then I flip back over to like the, the creative kind of, you know, like blue sky thinking, like drawing, like what can this be like really thinking through? And during that time, it's a lot of like reflection. I'll do um, different activities that light me up on the creative side of things. If I'm feeling like I'm kind of stuck, I'll go on a walk and go just like play with my kids and do other things. And it will just kind of hit me in different moments where I'm like, oh, this is this is how this logo should look. This is how this part of this website should look. And I'll kind of sketch it out. And then when I'm feeling more like analytical, I get back into like that development side of things. So it definitely goes in phases and I can definitely tell how I am just overall, like how I am thinking today is going to be like a creative day or today is going to be a more like analytical day, um, what those tasks that I need to really accomplish are. So let's dive into that because that's really why we're having this conversation today. And I think this will apply to things other than creativity, but I imagine it's been an evolution since starting your business and having especially very little kids. I feel like oh, <laughs> being a mom of little children, you're just, everything is activated, right? Like your fight or flight, like everything in you is just trying to survive to help them survive. Like it's a very... Um, I feel like we're operating a lot out of our instincts at that time in our lives. And sometimes, at least for me, it felt like survival mode, lack of sleep, just like not a lot of rest, uh, not a lot of space and free time. And then when you did, it was like, for me, I would just collapse kind of because it's like, there's so much going on. I just need to turn my brain off. So how do you, and how has this evolved for you of being able to still tap in and use your creative side with all of these outside things happening? Um, so definitely, as you know, day to day, it can look different and different seasons go up and down. Um, and it can be like my toddler decided he didn't want to sleep last night. And what I had scheduled on my thing to do first thing may need to get shifted to after lunch or kind of having that flexibility. Um, and so kind of looking at things as like, you all, like for me, I have things that I need to get done. These are my must do's for the day, but having that flexibility and not boxing for me for creativity, especially if you feel boxed in what you're going to produce, isn't necessarily going to be your best work. So giving yourself that flexibility to in those, in your deadlines and client expectations of just giving yourself ample time to feel those things and go up and down and kind of kind of preemptively plan. I'm going to have some things pop up with the kids and kind of planning that into the timeline allows for more flexibility with those ups and downs that just naturally come with little kids, come with life in general. And 
yeah, just giving yourself that space to have that downtime if you need some extra rest or, or really for me, what's helped me too is figuring out what part of the day I'm most creative. Like I, at the end of the day, after being with the littles all day and playing and having fun and working and all of the things, my creativity level is probably like in the negatives. And so for me, I'm most creative in the morning before my kids get up. So I try to wake up in the morning, get a little bit of like yoga, just quiet time before the kids get up. And then also um, I, I plan and schedule time to design during those hours because I know that's going to be where my creative juices are flowing the most. Now, I know you're really good at that movement part. And for me, that's been a mindset shift because I know it makes me feel better. I know it makes me more productive. Like I know all of the things, but especially when you're balancing a lot of things in life, running a business, having children, managing a house, anything that is coming at you. It feels like for me in years past that it's gone to the bottom of the list. How do you think about that? And does that help you stay more consistent with that practice? Yeah. So um, honestly, there's a few factors that help me. So uh, my boys are very active, so they keep me pretty active during the day. So even if I don't have that time, that quiet time to like stretch and do yoga for myself in the morning, I'll probably, you know, not probably most likely definitely be outside running with them as they're biking or doing all of those things and getting exercise and fitting it into kind of what our activities are versus trying to set aside like a specific time just for that um, activity that has helped me. Of course, I would love an hour every day to myself quietly, you know, to be able to work out, but that's just not always possible with the phase of life that we're in. So just really setting aside, like I'll do like a little workout at the park when they are like playing and every like time I'm pushing them on the swing, doing squats and things like that and kind of fitting in those moments, um, pockets of moments that we can um, to get my body moving because I do, I, I've noticed a huge difference in myself. And I also get sucked into the um, not quite hustle mindset, but kind of like, oh my goodness, I have this launch coming up. I have these deadlines coming up and like you really, it is super easy to push that to the wayside. And I notice a huge difference in the work that I can accomplish if I haven't made that time, even if it's the 10 minutes at the playground to do those things. So just really being mindful. And then my husband um, has helped a lot with, um, he is super great at waking up early in the morning. And so he motivates me also to get up with him and do um, a quick workout before the kids get up. So that's also, I have to give a shout out to him. (laughs) (laughs) Now you talked about flexibility, which I think we've all gotten like a masterclass in the last couple of years on being flexible with everything that has been thrown our way. But it sounds like you also really mindfully put those into your timelines for your projects. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. So just, and it may be like my background in teaching, just knowing that like, this is our plan and you, there's always kind of a plan to structure what our end goal is, but there's going to be things that pop up within that plan. So leaving pockets of time really helps to not only like give you the opportunity to under promise and over deliver, to your clients, but also gives you just like that time to be creative, be analytical and strategic and like mesh them all together. 
So I want to maybe, if you can, like dive a little deeper into that, because I'm thinking of, you know, there's so many ways that we're told that scheduling and having our, you know, having our lives can work for us. Like some people batch out a theme on a certain day. So they might say, today I'm doing design, tomorrow I'm doing development. And there's also people who, you know, block those things in one day. Like there, you know, we could go on and on about all the possibilities, but it sounds like, and this is similar to what I do. I have a list of things that I know I need to get done in that particular day, usually the week. I like to bring down my week. And then as I sit down to work in the morning, I look at those things and say, what am I feeling most inspired to work on in this moment? And sometimes you just have to get some of those like eat that frog kind of mentality. Like sometimes things I just need to get off of my brain so that I can focus on the things that I want or need to do. But sometimes I'm able to um, just like get that inspiration. And then the things flow so much easier. Like everything just happens quicker, easier, and and the work product is higher. Um, So is that more of what you're doing with your tasks? And if so, what advice would you give to people who are currently using or are used to more regimented schedule and kind of forcing them into doing the tasks that they've lined out for that day? Yeah, absolutely. So a hundred and like 10% what you outlined is what I'm doing. And even to where I'm scheduling in mom days and work days into that mix as well. So yes, that that is what I'm doing. Um, being flexible, just kind of practicing grace with yourself and knowing um, these are the tasks that I must do. Because of course, as business owners, like there are definitely things that, like you said, like you have to get done and this is a deadline that we need to get done today, regardless of how creative or non-creative you're feeling in that moment, but setting those tasks and knowing what you need to get done and looking at it and saying, okay, this is something that I could get done tomorrow. Today, I need to get X, Y, and Z done and, you know, do something that's going to really fuel my creative, like, power for the next day because I need to really hone in on this project tomorrow. Um, So really looking at it in that way. And again, just leaving yourself space to be able to move things on your to-do list as you, as you see fit and how, you know, there's going to be days that you maybe get the stuff like stuffy knows that your kid came brought home from school and you're not going to feel great. And when you don't feel good, you don't necessarily always produce the best. So also giving yourself time in there to rest and be okay. Like Mondays, I usually do X, Y, and Z, but this Monday I'm feeling this. So I'm going to move this to tomorrow. Just kind of shift those, um, those expectations for yourself and telling yourself like, it's okay to shift that. Like this is the priority right now. And that's okay. Now, I love that you touched on refilling your creative cup because I think even if someone is coming into this and they're not doing like quote a creative job, I think of it like there are times when I feel really clear and inspired to, for example, create a podcast episode or to write copy for a sales page. So even though I wouldn't say like what I do for work is necessarily considered creative, I have ways and things that I do outside of it to sort of fill me up and put myself in that position. Do you have advice for people about how 
you go about refilling your cup and making sure that you do everything you can to know if I want to say protect your energy, maybe you could tell me how you would, how you would phrase it, but how do you think about that amount of energy you have and how to keep it as steady as possible throughout the days and weeks? Yeah. Super good question. So I think what it comes down to, and I, I like what you said, protect your energy, like give yourself space to have the energy, right? Like Everyone is going through a different part of their life. Everyone's going through different phases and everyone has different things going on with both business, personal, family, all of that. Um, So giving yourself space in finding what it is that does refill your creativeness or your, like you said, inspiration, um, even if you're not necessarily doing something that is classified as like a creative part of the industry, just you're creating, you're inspiring, you're um, creating products or potentially coaching and all of that comes from a spot of, like you said, inspiration. So finding what fills up your heart in the way that you can um, really pour all of that into the next task that you have going on. Um, So for me, that's like doing yoga and taking time, quiet time for myself. I'm an introvert myself. So I get refilled by just having that time um, that quiet time alone, or sometimes of course, just with my kids going on a walk through, we love hiking. And so going on a hike together and exploring, um, going like on a jog with them and just having that time, my, my son and I love to bake. So that's also creative, um, but in a different way where it doesn't necessarily feel, uh, like work. And I think a lot of times as like a creative, it's easy to feel like your creative, box is capped. And so getting into other spaces like gardening or cooking and baking where you can still be creative and come up with new inspiration. And then that can can sometimes even come into the work side of things. I love that. Now, this is just like a out of left field question maybe, but I hear frequently from people who as adults say, I don't have any hobbies and I don't even know what where to begin. Like I don't feel interested in any of those things or I don't know how to quote find the hobby that I love. And I think, you know, it's a product maybe of a lot of things, but it's possible for sure that people can get disconnected from those passions. Do you have any thoughts about if your friend came to you and said, like, I don't know, I don't have a hobby. I don't know where to start with a hobby, but I feel like it would benefit me or maybe I would like to have one. What would you tell your friend? I would tell them to try new things. Like there's so many different um, courses, like just like one-on-one events that a lot of like small businesses do, like where there's like baking, or I know that there's one I saw recently was like making a charcuterie board and crafting in different ways like that, or like a cycling class and just like try a few different things and see where I'm super intentional. So kind of see like where your heart is leading you and like, oh, like, like I love paddle boarding. It's not something I do actively um, right now, but like that is something that as that phase of my life comes back where I have a little bit more downtime that I would love to pick back up and just have time and space for that. But just really like I wouldn't have known that had I never tried it. So just being open, being open to new things, being open to new experiences and just kind of seeing um, where where your heart leads you. 
Yeah, what shakes out. I think I remember seeing a picture, was it a picture or video of you doing yoga on a paddleboard, which yeah. if anybody has ever tried to, we got paddleboards last summer and I love to paddle around the lake with the kids. But what I find is that I like to paddle out to the middle of the lake and like introvert life. Then I just lay down on the paddleboard and I just float around wherever the lake is going to take me because it's so peaceful out there. So I don't know if that would be considered actual battle boarding, but yeah, no, that I, sounds amazing. It's so good, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say uh, with you doing yoga out there, maybe uh, if somebody visits the Carolinas, they'll see you someday on a lake doing the yoga <laughs> on a paddleboard again. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know if I can get back to doing yoga, but I may be out there like, uh, like you laying on the paddleboard, just soaking in the quiet moments. Um, and refilling. It's so lovely. I think that's, it's really thoughtful advice about trying new things. And there are so many community classes. And I found before I started beekeeping, there was a community class at our local garden center, all about getting started with beekeeping. Besides that, you know, if you're interested, there's books and then there's um, the people we bought the bees from were so knowledgeable and were able to give us some really good information. So I don't know if you have an inkling that something might be interesting, like don't be afraid to try it out because it could be something that you really enjoy for a period of time or for forever. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Like looking at Pinterest for ideas is always a fun place to see what other people are doing or um, like other people in your similar world, like how how they're spending their free time um, and just asking, asking your friends or other colleagues, like, Hey, like what, instead of saying like, what is it that you do? Like, what, what are you passionate about? Like, what are you, how do you like to spend your time? And like really finding out more about what others are doing. Cause that could also inspire a new hobby and ta- like a new thing. Now, when you have, I'm sure you have to have, cause I know I still do. And my kids are what I affectionately call middle-aged children now, <laughs> but there's those like SOS moments where everything has just gone off the rails. Everybody's crying or yelling or doing some combination of those things. Everybody's sick. And I feel like for me, that can cause a lot of stress because as you said, things are still moving along and there is some flexibility. Hopefully you've been able to build some of that into your timelines, but do you have like emergency rescue (laughs) advice for those moments? Or is it simply just giving yourself grace and waiting until that moment passes and moving on to the next? Yeah. Um, So a little bit of both for sure. My go-to if we're feeling super, all of the feels that come with being a mom and just being a business owner and a wife and all of those things, if we're all feeling those pressures, my go-to to kind of break us out really quickly is music. And so we'll do like a breakout dance party um, to really get us away from that sometimes. So that doesn't work. Like I'm going to be real, like as much as we would love just to turn on um, a soundtrack and everyone stop crying. Sometimes that doesn't work. So the one thing that does always work for my littles and myself is getting outside. Um, So even just like in the backyard and whether we need time together, need time to do things individually in the backyard to play and just kind of get some sunshine and 
refocus um, and come back to whatever it is that we need to get done. Um, but really just like you said, give yourself grace, give the kids grace because they also pick up on our energies and how we're doing and how we're going to cope with those stressful moments. And then just get, get outside helps us. But music is another thing that I lean on. I'm curious too, do you find that because we're talking about introversion, maybe specifically, and I can relate to not only, you know, days or parts of the days where things might ebb and flow, but also seasons where there might just be a large output of energy or I don't know, you know, my husband could be out of town and it just feels like things are harder for a longer period of time. Do you do anything different when that happens as opposed to when it's like a moment or a day? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and something that I maybe do without maybe necessarily like intentionally doing it, but just giving myself more time for like downtime during those harder moments. So whether that looks like not scheduling in as many projects during like that month, let's say like my husband's going to be out of town or his schedule's pretty maxed out, really looking at like what the kids have going on and where my attention really needs to be during that, that those weeks or that month or however long that season is um, and giving myself more time to either sleep in a little bit more in the morning or, um, you know, I do a lot of work sometimes when the kids are uh, sleeping. So giving myself like a couple of nights off when they are resting to give myself rest. So I'm able to kind of get back at it the next day, but just I don't know, I guess get, just giving myself grace throughout those times. So if you're in that kind of season, I guess my advice would be to really look at what, like where the top things are that your energy needs to go. Cause you only have so much throughout the day and throughout the month. Right. And prioritize what that needs to look like and see if you can kind of shift other things around to match what needs to happen for that month or that week. And then kind of re replanned um, during that next that next week or the next month. I definitely have been trying to put in practice for myself this last year, year and a half that rest is productive. And especially as we're learning new things, we're doing new things in our business. So let's say you're going into a season where you might be more visible. And I maybe I'll speak for myself, like going on my first Facebook or no, Instagram lives, showing up on TikTok, doing these things that are out of the norm for me. I also think that our brains, I mean, there's scientific evidence that shows our brains need sleep and rest to rewire itself. So you might feel extra tired during some seasons where there's a lot asked for you from you or you're moving to a next level in your business, all that imposter syndrome, all that stuff is taking energy, you know, physical energy. It's using your body's reserves and trying to remind for myself that rest is really productive and it's really going to help you move through this season that it's okay to do that is, I wouldn't say a new thing, but it's a concept that I'm trying to lean more heavily into for sure. Yeah. I think there's so much power to that. And it is like a concept that can be really hard to lean into. Um, it really can. I've struggled with too, is always wanting to do the next thing and like your mind. And I'm not sure if this happens to you too, but like is constantly coming up with like new ideas or I need to do this. I need to do this. 
but being okay, like not doing those things or putting on your list for the next day and just really resting. But it can be way harder said than done sometimes. I try to recently use that as motivation for myself because I definitely, once I'm doing something, the ideas come and my instinct is to hyper-focus on the next idea down the road. And that's not going to serve. I can't, I'm learning not to abandon the products, the projects that I currently have and use that new thing or new idea as motivation. Like if you get through these things, then, and those things are not like not joyful things, but it's just, I'm really excited about the next thing. So if I use that as like a kid on Christmas in the anticipation, like once you do this, you get to fully focus on that. And it's been a helpful shift and knowing that for me having a place, like I use ClickUp. So if I have a place in ClickUp to store not only the idea, but as the, um, the things fill in for that project or whatever I'm thinking of, I can have a place to plug it in and know that it's not going to get lost, that I'm not going to lose that idea or inspiration, that not only is it coming, but I am storing all the things there. It feels really supportive to me and helps me not jump around and being able to focus on one thing and get it completed is such a good feeling. Yeah. And having, like you said, a click up is something I use as well. It does really help hone in all of those thoughts into one space. And sometimes if I'm not at a place where I can put something into click up, I'll even pop it into like my notes app or on my Google calendar as like a task to add um, later just to get it out of my mind and be able to fully rest and fully be wherever it is that, you know, that time of the day. Um, me too. My energy needs to be. This is exactly what I do too. And full disclosure, I would say if I hadn't used ClickUp for other clients in their business and really, I don't want to say been forced, but really had the opportunity to deep dive, watch all their webinars and training and learn the ins and outs in ClickUp as a creative, well, I would identify myself as a creative too, at least in the way that I work, I would not have probably figured it out on my own. But there are... So if you hear us talk about a certain tool, it doesn't make you right or wrong. I just want to say that if you use Trello, if you use a pen and paper and that really you know preserves your ideas and gets that out, um, as long as the system is working for you, don't get like shiny object syndrome and think, oh, I should be putting it here because ultimately whatever is working for you is going to be the best system that you can use. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different systems and it depends also, like you said, like how uh, your brain works with those, some tools. And I've worked with a lot of different ones, kind of figuring out where, what made sense to me and where it made sense for me to kind of put all of my um, like energy into like learning and like systemizing. Um, But having that time to figure out like a lot of those programs and um, like systems, let me rephrase that. Julie, um, a lot of the tools that are out there have like free trials and things like that, where you can see, does this fit my business? Does this fit like how my mind works or does, like you said, like writing things down, like, um, does that work? Does adding them just to my Google calendar and using that, like, does that work for me? Just like kind of really figuring out what, um, works the best. Yeah. And and don't ever make yourself wrong for finding a tool or a system that works for you, even if it's 
not one that other people like. Um, even if somebody else comes into your life or business and says, oh, maybe you should try this or maybe you should try that. If it's working for you and you like it, then I would say keep using it and tune the rest of that out because you know everything like for me, the biggest pro and the biggest con of ClickUp is it's so customizable. It could be very overwhelming, especially for somebody creative to say, I could do whatever I want, but I could also do whatever I want. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It can feel overwhelming. Uh, mine is pretty simple where I just have it kind of like a pretty simple built out of it, but um, it can, it can feel overwhelming uh, with how much customization there is, but So Steph, I know that when people are listening to you and just listening to your gorgeous voice, you know, soothe us all and (laughs) tell us about creativity. Where can people get more of this? Where are you hanging out in the online space and where can people connect with you? Yeah. um, So I'm most active over on my Instagram. So at Southern Creative Co. Um, And then you can also connect with me over on my website. So southerncreativeco.com. And I love it because on your Instagram, you not only um, talk about projects you're doing, we get sneak peeks and mood boards and ideas. I'm always inspired by the things that you're posting and also little peaks of life in the Carolinas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do a little bit of both, but I do um, in my stories and stuff, post some sneak peeks of uh, projects and then um, my littles and the adventures that we're on throughout the week. Is there anything as we're leaving that you? would like to share with people about creativity and keeping that as an inspired part of their life or their business? Um, I think the biggest thing um, that we've kind of touched on too is just give yourself space and grace if it's going to rhyme there, Um, but give yourself time and space to really uh, rest and be able to create, but then also um, when you maybe don't get that project or that um, thought doesn't come to you and you don't have like, it's not kind of coming together as you really want it to, to give yourself grace to kind of pause, go do something else that really uh, fills up your heart and your creative juices and then come back to it when you feel like you can really tackle it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being a guest today. It has been my absolute pleasure to get to hang out with you this morning. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been amazing. So thank you so much, Julie. Talk soon. Just popping back in to say thank you again so much for listening to this episode with Steph. And I wanted to share, if you don't follow me on Instagram, my signature course, Higher Higher Pants on Fire is now open. This course is designed for online business owners who are looking to hire their first or next team member in a really strategic and streamlined way. In the course, we have a foundations module that gets you set up with your vision, your values, your time study, so you know exactly what you need to be doing and what you need to outsource. Then we talk all about who to hire, the strategy for that, what should your budget be, how much should your new hire cost. Then we go through the hiring, where to find your team members, questions to ask in the interview, should you be doing test projects, what those are, creating your job description so you bring in that ideal person that's a perfect fit for your business. And then we go through onboarding and offboarding. So how do you bring someone on in the most supportive way possible? And 
what happens when you have to have those hard conversations or somebody's moving on and you need to let them go, what that looks like. We also have lots of bonuses, including, of course, an SOP bank. We have templates and spreadsheets that enable you to plug in your numbers and get custom answers to some of the questions that we talked about here. I'm so excited and I know you'll love it as much as I do. You can find the link in the show notes or at julietraining.com backslash dream team. See you in the next episode.